everybody, and welcome to the Thursday version of Winners and Winers Radio. How you guys doing? It's good to have you aboard. I'm your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. So, Scotty, did you give out some winners yesterday? How'd you end up? I gave out a winner. Unfortunately, the game hasn't happened yet because it's taking place on Thursday. I gave out uh, a teaser in the NFL. As for the actual games today, I had a two-bet boost, basically trying to create an arbitrage situation, uh-huh. and I hit the one in the middle. So I made a very nice $10. Nice. Crush it. That's going to fund. It's going to fund my lottery college football parlay over the weekend. That's right. And isn't Powerball up there? One of the big, one of the big lottos up there, right? I can buy 10 scratch-offs. No, no, no! Don't do that. This I'm is, joking. Isn't Powerball like 400 million or something? Yeah, it's something. It's 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 playable right now. You know, it's it can actually be a positive EV play. Yeah, it's as playable as taking the Marlins to win the World Series. Okay, I had not the, now, but preseason. I, I had the Marlins to win the East. Is that the same thing? Is that like yeah, close that, enough? That's like scratchers. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, we stayed hot. We had to, stayed hot on our premium side. We had the uh, the. Uh, Indians team total over four and a half, and they uh, ended up just barely getting there. They, they got the five. They were pretty much crushing it. They got to five and five innings and then decided not to score anymore. And we also they're, had... They're saving energy for tomorrow. We had the under in the uh, Detroit-Minnesota game. So it was, a, it was an all-AL Central sweep yesterday for my premium subscribers. That was good. We're uh, 6-0 this week, by the way, Scott. So Nice. Yeah, we're all right. We hit a teaser on Sunday, 6-0 to start the week. It's a, it's a good time to uh, be part of the Steam team. So, you know, it's one of those days where things might have gone okay for us. Um, my play my play of the day lost, I did have the I did have the Cubs and the Pirates to once again go over the total as the Cubs. Did you watch did you watch that game by the way? I watched the very end of it. I kept up with it, but I watched the okay. I watched the very end. I was end. curious how that youngster for Pittsburgh looked, because I know that he was a prospect that some people had some I'd say optimism with. Yeah, he was uh he did all right, Scott. They limited him to three innings, gave up three hits, no earned, one walk, four okay. Ks. He did some base runners though. He's a strikeout guy, man. Uh okay. he, he threw forty six pitches, twenty nine strikes. That's just fine. So speaking of youngsters, by the way, how good was that Baz kid from uh, Tampa? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. So they good. just they just you know they, they they literally just find everybody who's good and that's it. They say pitchers don't grow on trees, Tampa bases, not so fast. We just just don't come to our backyard. All right. They grow them in bushes, not trees. <laughs> God, they just that's an amazing. That's an amazing organization, Scott. They just really is crank out good. Pitchers. Imagine how good they'd be if they still had glass now. Yeah, I know. You know what? They might even win the East. Yeah, it's crazy. Go to the, go to the World they Series. They might even have home fields in the AL. <laughs> they did shut that. They did shut that door uh, yesterday, officially clinching the best record in the American League. Surprising to you. Uh, it was preseason because I expected the Rays to struggle replacing Morton and replacing Snell, but I forgot that the Rays' entire farm staff is bionic, so everybody's fantastic as soon right. as you bring them up. So the Yankees falling apart were surprising, but Tampa, people can talk about the home runs and how it's a movement and everything like that. Watch the Rays play baseball. They are just so fundamentally sound. They play it the right way, boy. I wouldn't say the right way because home runs, of course, were the reason why they made it to the World Series last year. But they can field, they can pitch, they'll move runners over, they'll steal some bases. Yeah. They find ways to balance the home runs with other stuff where I think other teams are unable to do it to that degree. And they're still very innovative about how they handle their pitching staff. You know, yeah. They'll still use the starters, and now they've got a mix of starters. Or and they're also open, openers, rather. The the ending relief because what do they have like seven different closers they just rotate on depending on matchups yeah yeah it's 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 something that works for them that hasn't seemed to i don't know you've seen other teams use openers but yeah, the rays of course were the first ones to do that oh yeah 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 but, and they were the first ones to really shift too yeah two things that are fairly i would say commonplace as far as openers but you i don't remember see if it. the shifting was from tampa or houston but it was definitely like a one or two well houston that's right where they were the big analytic club and all and all that you're right but i know that they, they also were, had a lot of trash uh cans in the building but that's easy. a separate story okay all right you just can't let that go can you uh yeah they're back in the playoffs so 
uh, believe it or not, even with all the whatever that happened, Houston still had a pretty good team. Yeah, still still not too bad at all. You know, that's and I was just gonna tell you my my over that I had. Cubs have uh, ten hits, three runs. They go one for eleven with runners in scoring position. Nice. And the Pittsburgh Pirates go zero for seven with runners in scoring position. So. That's how I'm shocked you, the Pirates got seven guys in scoring position. That's that's how you break an over streak. Pirates have been scoring runs, bud. They oh, really they have. were. They all they, when you face off against the Cubs pitching, you should have a minimum of like eight guys in scoring position. He, they had Hendricks going tonight, and okay, all right. You know he's he'd kind of struggled down coming down the stretch. He'd been decent. He'd been like their only decent pitcher here. He's the only competent starter they have. Yeah, that's just about right. So hey, you know what? Let's find out who else had a day today, Scott. As we explore the people that uh, took it in the shorts, might have thought they had a winner, and then they realized, oh yeah, I don't. I was so close, but it's no bueno now. It is time to call the cops. All right, my friend, let's fire it up, shall we? We will, of course, go to where, Scott? How about some baseball? Hmm? Surprise to no one. Yeah, the Mets on the money line against the Marlins. They were looking good. Marlins, of course, always have trouble scoring, and the Mets led two to nothing after seven innings. It's practically an offensive outburst for the Mets, by the way. But the Marlins, oh, Mets bullpen. So sorry that the Marlins score three runs in the eighth inning. Mets end up losing that one three to two. Oh, the Mets find just new ways to disappoint their fans, Scott. And if you had the Mets on the money line right there, you were good right up until the time you weren't. It's time to call the cops. And the second one was actually in preseason hockey. Go to a meeting. Go to a meeting. There is hockey going on. Go to a meeting. If you had the Dallas Stars on the money line against the Florida Panthers, minus 210, by the way, in a preseason hockey game, you were in good shape because they led 3-2 to with less than a minute left in the third period. Panthers, unfortunately, pull the goalie and tie the game, and the Stars lost in a shootout. That's a pretty tough beat for preseason hockey. Yeah, it, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> preseason. That's Same a pre- with like preseason NBA. You just have some exhibition games. You throw in the youngsters, see who's not terrible. That's what I'm saying. It's, but it's, a, it's a pretty bad beat for preseason hockey. What? What is that? Is it? I don't even I don't even know. Anytime you give up a goal in hockey with less than a minute to go and you lose in an overtime or a shootout, that's pretty rough. Yeah, that's true. All right. Hey, if you had the Red Sox team total under five and a half, had three runs after seven innings, scored two runs in the eighth inning, hanging on, your fingernails are starting to peel back, you're trying to hang on to that ledge. Nope, somebody came and stomped on your fingers, kids. They scored a run in the ninth, and that game ended six zip. Another situation where that needless run late in the game does nothing but screw gamblers. If you had the team total under five and a half, congratulations. You got yourself a free trip to call the cops. I'm just wondering, where was that Baltimore bullpen performance when I took the team total over the day prior? Mm, no kidding. No kidding. All right. Well, Scott, the other side of the coin were the nice, easy victories. You know who you are. You had nothing to worry about, nothing to sweat, because you were sitting in the rocking chair, baby. So the first one was between the Nationals and the Rockies. And if you had the over 11 and a half in Coors Field, didn't really take that long. You had six runs in the first inning, five runs in the third inning, and three runs in the fifth inning. That's 14 runs if you're doing the math at home in the first five. And the game ended 10 to five. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of runs. I was really tempted to take that. For starters, it was, it was at 12 and a half. I was tempted when it was 12 and a half and it did go down to 11 and a half or 12 at game time. Didn't matter. Wrong way. I don't know who's pounding the under in Colorado in a day game, but not a good, not a good move at all there. Uh, if you had the Brewers Cardinals under seven and a half, they had one run in the first five. Hope you had the first five under because uh, that one would have paid off as well. Had two runs in the sixth, one run in the seventh. That's it. Go ahead and uh, head for your car. Get an early start on traffic because that game ended up four nothing. Cardinal streak is over at seventeen. And if you had the under seven and a half, you were pretty much sitting in a rocket chair, boys. And the last one was between the Diamondbacks and the Giants. If you had the first five under four and a half, Merrill Kelly and company were dealing because you had no runs in the first, no runs in the second, no runs in the third, 
zero runs in the fourth and uh yeah no runs in the fifth you had zero zero after five that's a pretty easy win they they really don't get easier than that they really don't by the way if you had the phrase merrill kelly was was dealing go ahead and drink because that was unexpected it was earlier in the year until he kind of fell apart over the last couple of months but alex wood and kelly were basically unhittable yeah yeah they they really were it was it was it was quite a performance there um, all right, so let's find out. We kind of had to sort this out. We had we had a couple of we had a couple of candidates that would have been well deserved for this award, but but we moved one, so we're gonna mention the other one in a second. But we, we are there's really only one choice that we had. Yeah, it really well. There's a couple. Of, we're gonna do the story later about who else, some other players that could have been. But I think we made the right decision here, Scott. Let's find out who's wearing that golden feed bag today. Who will be the envy of your friends as you strap it on and tell them that you are the recipient of Donkey of the Day. All right. Well, if you um, were a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers, you were probably pretty excited when the Brewers clinched the Central. Great time. And not everybody had a great time at the celebration, Scott. Well, somebody had too good of a time. Well, yes. Yeah, so, to a bad time. Somebody might have been overserved, overzealous. I don't know. Scott, what happened to Devin Williams? So Devin Williams, if you do not know, is a relief pitcher for Milwaukee. Pretty good. And they had just won the NL Central. And of course, you break out the champagne when that happens. And Williams apparently had a few too many. And he ended up getting upset at something during the celebration. I don't know if somebody stepped on his toe. I don't know what I don't know what exactly happened. But he turned around and decided, let me just punch this wall real quick. And he fractured his hand, and now he's out for the rest of the season. Good Lord. Scott, remind us what role Devin Williams plays for the Brewers. I believe he's the setup man. Mm. Mm. Brutal blow to that bullpen. Just ridiculous. Now, I was going to ask you, in the ranking in the pantheon of ridiculous sports injuries where does that rank and what's gonna be what, up there what's You've some had of your similar fa- things in basketball i believe was it stoudemire punched the fire extinguisher yes yes i mean that might count do you count pierre paul because it wasn't really at a sporting event but it was still a, st- a stupid stuff. ridiculous injury sure i think you. But can i'm saying it wasn't really one. sports event related it was just an athlete doing something stupid i'm not sure there's ever been a, a worse permanent injury than than jpp I'm trying to remember some other bad ones. In-game, of course, you have the Grammatica torn ACL after the made field goal. And I believe no, that was just that was just funny. That happened. You had the Gus Ferrat. I forgot if it was a concussion or a broken neck when he slammed his head into the wall after scoring a touchdown. That happened. I think it was yeah, just... you, I'm really digging deep here, but there are a couple of really, really bad ones. You have Canseco uh, basically giving himself Tommy John, throwing knuckleballs while his team was getting blown out. Right. Right. So Although, that's another one. You've had a lot of really bad ones. Uh, John Tudor, for those of you that go back a little ways, John Tudor in the 1985 World Series, after getting shelled, punched a fan and uh, opened up a cut on his hand that required stitches. That's pretty classy. Didn't Trevor Bauer injure his finger during the World Series with a drone? Didn't that happen? With a drone? Yeah, he was playing with a drone. He, like, cut his finger. Like, with the blades or something? Yeah. I don't remember that. It was in the uh, Indians World Series against the Cubs. They had to pull him from one game because he was like dripping blood on the mound. Oh, nice. Um, how about uh, Vince? What the hell was the the, fa- the fast guy's Vince Coleman got yeah. run over by the tarp in the St. Louis playoff series. Also in 1985, bad day for bad year for St. Louis players, by the way, in the World mm-hmm. Series. Uh, they were bringing the tarp out, and I guess it like elevates or something. And he got his foot caught where the uh, tarp comes up. So, remember so, Reggie Bush once missed a football game because he slipped on ice in pregame warmups. Oh, nice, outstanding. Uh, George Brett once, uh, I want to say, hurt his ankle or hurt his knee running to see Bill Buckner hit when when all the Cubs games were on during the day. He, he was, was in like, the bathroom, wasn't it? No, he's like doing laundry. And he, okay, ran, he was he, doing something. I remember that he sprinted over and he like bangs. He banged, was it his knee? I can't remember. So, something in the leg, knee, yeah. knee, ankle, something like that. Yeah, he was running from the laundry room allegedly to see Bill Buckner hit. Didn't so. Milton Bradley tear his ACL trying to yell at an umpire? I, I don't remember that. Did he? 
I'm pretty sure like managers were trying to hold him back and he like tore his ACL trying to bob and weave around his teammates to yell at the umpire. Outstanding. Uh, quick reminder, guys, you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour. We'll give you the winners. I had a lot of those randomly in the archive. Yeah, you really did. That was in this was totally this was not rehearsed. This I just kind of sprung that on you. And I was kind of curious. I, it got me to thinking about ridiculous injuries. So that one's right up there. And as far as the timeliness goes, I mean, a lot of the other ones, your team's out of it or whatever. You're, you punch it because you're mad. You've been eliminated or you're on a losing streak. Uh, punching it because you're joyful because you're getting ready to go to the playoffs. Yeah, that's no bueno, kids. He looks at his phone. I have no bars and just punches the wall. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, just, I, don't, I have no idea. Really weird. Maybe somebody stole his goggles. I, I, I just don't know. So, Scott... Every once in a while, something comes across our desk, and we have to talk about it. And it's it's a situation where it's it's more it's more sad than it is angry, anger inducing, or sometimes it just makes you scratch your head. And that's kind of the case today, Scott. We're going to talk about a certain coach and a quote that should go down in history. We'll find out if it does in today's edition of I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Look at that. Nailed it, huh? Nailed it. First try. Go ahead, sir. So for this one, we're going to be taking a little bit of a look back to this past weekend in college football because you had a rivalry game between Texas and Texas Tech. Now, Tech ended up losing pretty handily, lost by 35 points. And Matt Wells was asked what his thoughts were after the game and how they could potentially move forward. So Matt Wells, coach, coach of Texas, by the way, yeah, coach of Texas Tech, used the we win as a team and we lose as a team as a cliche, but he had a little bit more to it that he wanted to add. Now, Scott, remind us what the score was. So Texas Tech scored 35 points. That's good. That's good. Unfortunately, they lost by 35 points. Well, that's no, that's not good. What sounds like they lost 70 to 35. Sounds to me like you got to blame the defense and move on. Is that what he did? It's what it sounds like to me. However, Wells really is into the team camaraderie, and Mm -hmm. he wanted everyone to win and lose together. So he said that he spoke to the offense as well after the game, and he said, quote, my message to the offense was, quote, we didn't score enough points. That's the way it always uh, will be around this place. We win as a team. We lose as a team. We lost – we should have scored 71 points, end quote. What? Are you out of your mind? You're going you're gonna to yell at the offense for scoring 35 with a backup quarterback? Against Texas. Against so, Texas. To make matters worse, Shuck, who was their original quarterback, broke his collarbone in about the first quarter. The backup came in. They still scored 35 points. You're going to yell at the backup quarterback? That's on the offense, Scott. They just can't get it done. You have to score 71. What What? What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I get the idea of win and lose as a team. Come on, man. You can at least acknowledge that the defense was the sole reason why you lost this game. That's It's, it's got to be one of my all-time favorites. You lose 70 to 35. Obviously, it's time to blame the offense. Now, you could have made an argument that the quote wouldn't have been as bad without the final sentence. You can't go back after you put a numerical figure to the quote. Nope. Nope. You should have scored 71 points. If I'm the quarterback, I'm punching him in the face. Like, Are you out of your mind? I think he's just uh, giving us a subtle reminder to bet the Texas Tech overs going forward. I think that's what he's trying to say, but... If I'm the quarter, if I'm the backup quarterback, and I just had one of the games of my life coming off the bench like that in a rivalry game, right? And you're going to give me a hard time. I'm transferring. Like, see you later. You know, you, you got no more use for him. Is that what you're saying? No. Like, wh- what are you? What are you supposed? To, how do you have respect for your coach if he's going to call you out for playing well on the other team, other side of the ball? Basically, just put the controller down. I, I don't. I don't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> It's incredible. It's 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 one of my one of my favorites of probably the year. It really. Now that's one of the perks of writing articles in a bunch of college football games because I was not aware of this quote until I was writing a matchup breakdown on the West Virginia 
Texas Tech game for the weekend. And I this quote came across my eyes, and I had to share it because it's so stupid that I had to make sure other people can hear it around the world. Very nice. Yeah, that was uh, that was outstanding, my friend. Outstanding. All right, so let's find out, Scott. We're 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 going to break the string with this award. We've been giving it to the odds makers for their fine lines on the St. Louis game, making St. Louis the underdog for I don't know fifteen of the seventeen games. It seems like uh, yesterday they actually had St. Louis as the favorite. Surprise, St. Louis lost. So of course. Oh, the odds makers have to hate the Cardinals at this point. But Scott, there was even more indication that they were drinking it up here yesterday. Let's find out who indeed was the beneficiary of the odds makers. We're drunk. All right, Scott. So we talked about them a little bit. The Rays clinched the home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs. Last night, they were plus 130 against the Astros. Plus 130, you're getting 13 to 5. Better than 6 to 5 on your money there, Scott. Even though the Astros uh, had the worst record, worst record, and they had the worst starting pitcher. They were at home, however, so there's that. Uh, What happened in that game? Well, Houston didn't score. Uh, So it's it's pretty tough to win when you don't score. Houston, that's a problem. They lost 7-0. 7 nothing. They had a touchdown in the first quarter and then shut them out from there on out. So, yeah, there you go. Plus 130. The other team doesn't score. Congratulations. Uh, that's a nice, easy victory there. Not quite. Plus 130, by the way, with the best record in the AL fighting for home field than the AL. Plus 130. And by the way, I know that we've got, we've, we've got some feedback on our show that sometimes we don't, like, explain everything enough that we assume that everybody's at a certain level. And that's not always the case. So when we say plus 130, we mean if you, if you were to bet $100 – uh, if your team were to win, you'd get a you'd get 130 back. So yeah, very good. And of course, if you're saying minus, it's the other situation. You're laying 130 your profit back. By the way, 130 profit. That's correct. You get 230 back. I, I know that's how they sometimes will write it up in, in bad explanations. You're, so you have to pay your 100 bucks, and then you would get 230 returned to you. 130 of which would be profit. Correct. Very good. All right, Scott. Well, um, Marcus Simeon. Had a big day yesterday. Broke the home run record for homers by a second baseman. We talked about who was uh, whose record he broke. It was Davey Johnson, by the way, of the Atlanta Braves back in 1973. And does Simeon get enough recognition for what he's done with Toronto this season? Well, the answer is obviously no, but it's because the guy who bats right around him is in the conversation for MVP. So... It's pretty tough to be the brightest shining star on your team when you're easily not because nobody's talking about you. Right. And the teammate's father is also a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, Vlad Jr. was made to be the media guy from this team. And Simeon's been left behind, but he's been historic. It's kind of similar to Sal Perez, but people started actually talking about Perez within the last month. Right. People still haven't talked about Simeon. Right. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he has. He's uh, I mean he's all he's all he's a guaranteed winner of a silver slug award. So silver <laughs> slugger award. I would so, think so, yeah. So he's gonna end up getting the trophy and the hardware and stuff, but yeah, not enough people realize just how many home runs he has. He's bopping. He's he's he hit forty four, by the way, is the record. Like most people probably assumed he had high thirties, low forties. They mm-hmm. didn't realize he was like second baseman record level of home runs. Yeah. Should we re- should we award an honor an honorary donkey of the day to all the teams with terrible shortstops that passed on signing Marcus Simeon? He couldn't. Nobody would sign him to play his natural position. Scott, he only he had to take the gig with Toronto and play second base. Well, he originally tried out shortstop for Oakland, and he was arguably a worse fielder than Glaber Torres. So clearly, it wasn't going well for him at shortstop. Right. They moved him over to second. The truth is, I really can't be that mad at other teams because I was never a big Semyon guy, but he proved me wrong. He's been very good. Yep, outstanding. I never thought he was bad by any means. I just thought that he was such a liability in the field. I wasn't sure if the hitting would be able to, I'd say, provide val- enough value to offset the bad field. Then. But it clearly has, and switching him to second base has definitely helped out defensively as well. 
So Sal Perez tied the Royals record last night by hitting home run number 48. Wasn't a cheap one, by the way. Launched it. Was a bomb it. to center field. Bomb to center field. And for an encore, Scott, it wasn't punching a wall, but he fell down the steps backwards. So he was taken out of the game. Cam Gallagher came in to catch. Um, I didn't have the sound up on the game. I was watching a couple other games. I didn't have the sound up. I don't know what the actual report is, but it would be nice to see him break the Royals record that is held by Jorge Soler. You couldn't, when you know, usually when you say, couldn't happen to a nicer guy, you're being sarcastic and you don't mean it. When you say it about Sal Perez, it's it's truly, uh, uh, truly from the heart. It really couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I would love to see him have the Royals record for home runs. Um, and I think he's going to get there. As long as he's not hurt, I think he'll be okay. We're going to have to wait and see what the doctors say, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely correct. And by the way, spoiler alert, Scott, I will be there Saturday night, the second to the last game of the season. It'd be fantastic if he could hold off breaking the home run record until I was there to witness it in person. That'd be great. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. All right. Very good. A little, little biased, but that works too. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I'm a, at the end of the day. Now, I'm not afraid to bet against him. I'll, I'll fade him all day long. I may even fade him in the game I go see him play. It doesn't mean I don't want to see my guys do well, you know. Except in preseason in September. Yes, except in, oh, they're monsters. Monsters mm-hmm. in preseason in September. By the way, actually, the Kansas City bullpen has actually been very good since the All-Star break. Go figure. Nice. So, all right. I've been putting it off, but we kind of have to talk about it since, since Beal did his thing. The NBA, Scott, they have a... They have a situation on their hands with with the vaccine. You've got three of, well, two of your marquee players, one really good role player. One's a guy that's well-known. I can't say many fans like him, but he's well-known. Right. And Former number one overall pick. They say they are not going to get the vaccine, Scott. It's uh, the, the three that the names that you see so far have been Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, and Andrew Wiggins. So it creates a problem for those players that play in towns that have vaccine mandates, Scott, because they have rules about gatherings over a certain number of people. Everyone has to be vaccinated. It basically means, let's see if I get this straight, uh, Bradley Beal will not be able to play any home games, right? I believe so. Kyrie will not be able to play any home games, nor will Wiggins be able to play any home games. So, and the NBA came out yesterday and said that if you do not play, you will not be paid for those games. So, Scott, they've kind of made it a little bit like the NFL, where it's a little more onerous if you haven't had the vaccine, but they don't have a mandate. So, you also forgot to mention Michael Porter, by the way. That's right, Michael Porter. Right after signing the, his max extension, his was just his was just funny. They asked him like, "How many? What do you have to say?" He's like, "Yeah, I got COVID two, three times. I still don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine." It's like, what? Okay, okay. I, I, he mentioned some other stuff in there. I don't have the quote in front of me, but he did admit that he got it like two, three times, and he's like, "I'm still not really sure if it's for me." I'm like, "What? What are we? What are we talking about? What?" Well, well okay. All right, so trying to see it from his standpoint. No, he had he had a quote in there, which I'm trying to I'm going to quickly pull up, but I'm just it saying, didn't really make much sense. But I'll let you have the floor first. Well, I'm just saying if you're if you're young and in tip top physical condition, like all those athletes are, and you've had it twice, and maybe it hasn't affected you too much, maybe you haven't been knocked down for a couple of weeks, you didn't have to go to the hospital, you know. Maybe you are more sure about having COVID than you are about the vaccine. I mean, I, I understand that line of reasoning. There's also pretty good body of evidence that you, if you have the antibodies, if you've had COVID, you're in pretty good shape about being able to dodge the bullet down the road. Of course, you're even in better shape if you've had it and you get the vax. By the way, uh, I found the quote really quickly. He said, quote, for me, I had COVID twice. I saw how my body reacted. And although the chances are slim with the vaccine, there's a chance you could have a bad reaction to it. For me, I don't feel comfortable, end quote. So he's more comfortable getting COVID? I think that's exactly what you're saying right there, Scott. I, I, sure. I, I see Whatever. no other way around that at all. Okay. Um, cool. Again, I, 
I'm just here to report the news, not comment on it. So, you know what? Either way, point is that for some of these players, it's just dumb. It because is. Hey, let's uh, let's pick yeah. this up on the other side, all right? We'll pick it up. We'll put a bow on it on the other side. Listen to Winners Winners Radio. We'll be right back after this. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax. But, okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see? That wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude. It's It's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them... Oh, man. That's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though. Winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. Winners, is there anything that can be done with the COVID situation in the NBA players, Scott? What, what, no. What do we do? The NBA said straight up, we're not going to pay you if you don't show up. Right. And you also can't play. So if these players that we mentioned, if not others who have been secretive about it, if they decide that their own personal health, which might be at risk, might not be, they don't know either if they get the vaccine, right? if they decide that it's more important for them to not get the vaccine than to compete for a championship, it's up to them. The fans are going to be annoyed. I know de Blasio called out uh, Kyrie yesterday. Right. And as a Nets fan, I'm annoyed. But there's nothing I can do about it. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. What do you, what do, you do? You don't, you can't cut him. But do you, you don't do anything? Do you just pay him for 41 games? What, what good is that? You make an argument that you can try to trade him, but I don't know who would want him. Somebody, somebody in Texas, Scott. Can you move home games to Texas for Brooklyn? Like I don't know what you're supposed to do. To I, Texas, I don't know if you're going to win the title without Kyrie. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. No, no good answer, and certainly uh, no answer that a couple of schlubs like us can come up with, which is something that we. That we needed to talk about, and again, full disclosure, don't love talking about the COVID situation because, you know, everybody's got one side or the other. I'm and just saying right now from a betting perspective, yes. I can't bet on the Nets if no. Kyrie's not no, going to be there. Yes, you know, that's, it seems like these guys aren't even considering our future plays at all, Scott. I don't, I don't care, I don't care for their lack of interest in my wager. Well, Beal might be, because I think the Wizards have no shot to, to have no shot to really do anything. Well, so, now they have less than no shot. Correct. But Beal, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass in the situation because unlike the other teams, his team is not that good. <laughs> so he's actually not really losing anything. Okay. Wiggins plays for a team that's competing for a title with the Warriors. And you have Kyrie who's on arguably the best team in the league. So And I, Porter Jr. is also on a playoff team. I think Wiggins is cuttable. I think Wiggins is, if you want to talk about all the, those guys mentioned, because he's clearly the worst player out of all those options. You want Wiggins to get Seth Curry sick? Come on. Come on. I'm just saying. 
that if Beal doesn't get the vaccine and the Wizards end up winning 25 games instead of 35 games, I don't think anyone's going to care. Agreed. Agreed. So. All right, very good. So, Scott, shifting gears here just a little bit. We've got a big game in the, uh, what do you call, National Football League coming up this weekend. It's the Sunday night affair. It's the homecoming game, buddy. You uh, you taking a date? Uh, not quite. It's, it's the Tom Brady homecoming to New England as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers invade Foxborough. Everybody's making a big damn deal out of this. It's Brady. It's coming back. Scott, is it that big a deal? Is it? Do you think it's a big deal to Brady? I think Brady's going to kill him, but I think that it's not because of the fact he's motivated. I think it's because of the fact that Tampa's a good team and New England's mediocre. Right. Well, yeah, you can. we'll certainly talk about the game much much more in depth later, but as far as all the fanfare and the hoopla... Well, Brady could also be going for the passing yards record. So there's also a couple of wrinkles in there where right. if they want to get him a record against his former coach, there is a narrative in place. He can get regular season passing yards, is correct? Yes. Okay. So That's basically it. All right. Well, that's, 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 that's not nothing. Do I think that it matters? No. Do I think that New England's going to actually keep this game close? One is 0-0 by the coin toss. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I, know, I don't know what you want me to say. Like spo- we, well, first open. of all, I want you to say spoiler alert because you're about to give away a pick that we're going to do a whole show on two days from now. I'm not going to give away a full pick. I'm just <laughs> going to say directly okay. that after Mac Jones struggled last week against New Orleans, I know Tampa's defense isn't great. Do you really trust that Patriots, I'd say lack of just weapons in general against Tampa? Not really. Let me ask you. You kind of blew right past that, Scott. You said the Tampa Bay defense isn't great. It's not a good defense at all. It's not. But where where did that come from? Because they were, I would think, consensus best defense in the NFL during the offseason. Well, it was right? either them or Washington. They both fell apart. Right. Right. Washington, Washington, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh. How have they done this year? Uh, not too well. Not too well. Tampa Bay is last in the league. Pittsburgh has the alibi, though, because Watt's been injured. But yes. They're also ugly, so they yes. they okay. ain't got no alibi. Um, Tampa Bay last in the league in sacks. Three sacks. Does that surprise you? Uh, yeah, it does a little bit, of course, with that, with that talented defensive line. Yeah. But you saw what the Buccaneers did to Atlanta, and they had two pick sixes. They... I would say it'll length to move the ball a little bit, but it definitely was a struggle for them. Am I supposed to overreact to Tampa struggling defensively against the Rams and the Cowboys, who are two arguably of the best offenses in the league? Right. So I feel like even though it's not a great defense against a below-average offense, which New England is, I think it's serviceable enough for Tampa to take care of business and win the game. So you don't you're not worried about the Tampa Bay offense being a little bit depleted with Antonio Brown out, uh, Gronkowski nursing those ribs. Scott, help, Scotty Miller's out. I think they'll be fine. Okay, all right. Richard would Richard Sherman move the needle for that team? Uh, maybe not this week. Maybe I don't know is he guarding Crabtree? <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time Sherman's actually been a fully fully relevant player. I know he had one good year on San Francisco, right? But then he got injured. So I don't really know if he's going to serve a purpose or not. Do you think that we kind of gave Sherman a pass after his uh, incident, Scott? I'm still not really sure exactly what was going on because it involved his mom and her, what was it, her boyfriend or step-husband? It was, not step-husband, but her new husband. Not his step His step-father. Yeah, he's like, he's in his 30s, Scott. I don't think it was actually his stepfather, was it? Either way, point is that somebody had some altercation with his mother, correct? Yeah, he was a domestic violence, criminal trespass, and and yeah, resisting arrest, driving on. See, I don't know if he ever got in the house, though, because it was all filmed on, like, the actual ring camera right outside the front door. It was at the home of his wife's parents. It was his wife's parents, sorry. I knew that it was involving some parents. Well, he got the one, Scott, he got reckless. Wait a second, step-parents. He got reckless endangerment of roadway workers. Okay. My God, you don't want that hanging over your head, do you? That doesn't sound good. What do you do, like 9 to 10 for that? He pleaded not guilty, received counseling. 
Um, he behaved in a manner I'm not proud of is his quote. See, so. what you're saying is you're comparing what he did to various athletes in the NFL who have done significantly worse. Right. And they're still playing. Nah, I don't really. I feel like everything kind of worked itself out. Sherman got blasted publicly. Mm-hmm. And now he's back on a Super Bowl team. He also got help, Scott. He got he got therapies. He's, he, uh, he sought, sought professional help. And his wife said that he was drunk and belligerent, threatening suicide. So he apparently had some demons. And, you know, God bless him. It looks like he might have got those worked out. So he's a, he's such a good dude. I really like Richard Sherman. He's, he's very entertaining on Twitter. He's super smart. People forget that he was uh, number two in his graduating class at Stanford. Um, I'm just saying, if you think Sherman shouldn't be on the team, then Antonio Brown should, shouldn't be in the league. Oh, no. I have nothing against, no, giving the dude another shot. No, no. Oh, no. I'm just saying. I don't mean you. I just mean in general. If you have a hard time with what Sherman did, keep in mind some of the other people. In the that's league. a bad take. That's, that's, a, that's a bad take right there if, if you've got a problem with Sherman being on this team. I'll just, I'll just say it. I don't care. All right. So, Brady. Four. I don't know. What do you, you think is worse? Yelling at somebody at 5 a.m. or bringing Uzis to a trop, to a traffic stop? You know, I, I can't believe Frank Clark is just playing like nothing happened, Scott. No, they didn't do anything. They didn't suspend him. Lattimore also had a gun for, for New Orleans. Well, of course, Frank, sure. Clark, Frank Clark hasn't been to court yet either. So The point I'm trying to say, though, is that you have a lot of issues. And Sherman's thing, I don't want to say it was minor, but in, comparatively speaking, it was relatively minor, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was and it, it was a lot of stuff that was just him and his demons that really didn't affect, yeah. you know, other people. As far as I know, nobody got hurt. He didn't actually, like, assault anybody. No. Um, so, yeah, okay. okay. Brady's 46. Can he play till 50? Belichick says he, if anybody can play till 50, it's, it's Tom Brady. The real question is, do you think he's going to still be trying to start when he's 50? Or is somebody going to give him the courtesy bench roll spot just to actually set the right? He's 44, by the way. I misspoke. He's, no, he's, he's got six more years, not not four more. But anyway, yeah. I don't think he's going to go till 50. But would it surprise me if there was like a Julio Franco team that might, like a Jamie Moyer team that maybe just says for fun, you know, we can save you a roster spot for week two just to like set some publicity thing. Maybe, but I doubt it. I don't, I don't, I don't see Tom sitting on the bench mentoring the young quarterback. I didn't mean on the bench. I mean, like, you bring him in as, like, a ceremonial roster spot for a game. Oh, like Manny Moda? Kind of. Play in five decades or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. New England or even Tampa, whatever. Just say, give him a roster spot for a meaningless game at the end of the year. Right. A little parade. You could sell tickets. Now, Scott, this is is how the world has changed. When I I was a Ute, they had George Blanda. When you were a what? Ute. A Ute? Did you say Ute? Yeah. Yeah, George Blanda. <laughs> and George Blanda played for the Raiders. He was the backup quarterback and the kicker, you know, as they so often are. And he played till he was 46. But Scott, if you saw George Blanda at 46, he looked like your grandpa. He looked like he was about 65. You'd see him, he's all completely gray. He was haggard. You usually see him, he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he, he looked every bit of 46. You look at Tom Brady, it looks like he's about 30. It looks like he ought to be wearing like an affliction shirt or something. Um, is that pretty much a testament to eating right and taking good care of yourself? Well, there's a reason why him and LeBron have both kind of started a movement when it comes to investing tons of money into recovery and diet every single year, which is why Brady and LeBron are into cryotherapy. And they're also into spending millions of dollars every year to make sure that they keep their body in tip-top shape. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, when I'm out of shape at 44, I'm going to blame on the fact that I don't have a million dollars. But we'll see what happens moving forward with Brady. Of course, one serious knee injury, something fluky or freaky could happen. His career is over instantaneously. And it's not necessarily fluky for a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's been fluky that he's only had one major injury. That's true, too. But the point is... He's invested a ton of money into making sure that he stays healthy. I know Russell Wilson has started to do the same thing. Right. And it's definitely a new wave of maintenance when it comes to athletes. I think he play I think he tries to play till he's fifty. I mean, what you wanna you wanna spend the house, the day around the house with that bitch? Jesus. He try maybe. The point is, do I think he's not gonna embarrass himself by fifty? I don't I think he'll call it quit. I don't think he'll be dare I say it, Ben Roethlisberger. 
I think he's going to quit at some point. The only question is, is he going to last six more years? I think the answer is no. I think he quits before he goes full Ben and full Drew. Yeah, that's... And I'll I can, give him 47. And I can tell you, Scott, there's a big difference between 44 and 50. I, just, I think he's going to pass Blanda. I think that's the ceiling. I, I agree. And I, I think that would be the... I'm pretty sure that would be the oldest guy ever. I think he was the oldest guy ever to play in the NFL. Mm. All right, very good. All right, bud. Remember that you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour. We'll give you the winners. And you know what? We're going to fire that up right now. Scott, it's Thursday. That means we've got a couple football games, baby. Man, there's some uh, highfalutin action going on. Man, I don't know. Where do you want to start? You want to start in the NFL? You want to start in college? I'm pretty excited about both of these games. I have a choice. I get the underwhelming my uh, Florida team uh-huh, that uh-huh. has really struggled. Or I got the Jaguars. <laughs> so, yeah, let's start with the NFL. Uh, you've got the team that's disappointed people across the entire state with a weird coach that's probably going to get fired very soon. But enough about Then the, you got the Jaguars. Enough about the Miami Hurricanes. All right, you want to start with... Where do you want to say you want to start? Uh, NFL. You want to start with the Jags? All right, so you've got the Jaguars heading to Cincinnati, the Queen City, if you will, Scott to uh, take on this surprisingly 2-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals? Can we say that? Yeah, we can. Okay. Minnesota's decent, mm-hmm. and they beat Pittsburgh, who was supposed to be decent if they weren't listening to this show. Miss, uh, missing all their... See, that's, a, that's the thing that the Steelers obviously do not listen to this show, because if they did, if they heard us roast them the entire offseason, off they'd be up to another 9-0 and start this year. But that's... Well, they would be. Well, either that or they would have just not used Big Ben. But... Also, also, we told them. Yep. I don't know what else we can do here, Scott. So, Bengals, uh, seven and a half point favorite. I hate that number. Do you hate that number, Scott? I teased it. Yeah, so, you, you have to. You, you have, yeah, you have that's to. That's how take. I looked at it. I'm not lying seven and a half with Cincinnati. But I don't the mind. Jaguars, is it fair to say their best player has been their kick returner? Because Agnew is two touchdowns. Is um, that a fair statement? Yeah, sorry, that's, I guess that's <laughs> on the surface kind of hard to argue with, right? That's not really good. You know, that's not really good. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Whoa, speaking of hot takes, say, say that again now? The best player for the Jaguars this season uh-huh. has been their kick returner. And that's not good? That's not good. So, you know, I mean, you can make that case. Robinson's fourth in the league in yards per carry, Scott. Yeah, he's good. They don't give him the damn No, ball. no. The, the it's, it's so frustrating because they don't run the ball. They don't do anything to take the pressure off of Lawrence. They have him do Meyer clearly doesn't like him because they ended up drafting a running back in the first round anyway. Right. Right. And Ethan, of course, out for the season, but they've got, um, they got Carlos Hyde. Who's about 90. He's averaging, he's averaging five yards a carry. Scott, he's, these guys are, they're both averaging over five yards a carry. They don't use them. They don't use them at all. I was going to say, I don't even know how many carries Hyde is averaging per game at this point. Uh, six, six and a third. Okay. Is that's it not n- awful. 19 awful. carries in three games. No, that's a good I mean, chance. Robinson should be averaging like 19 to something. That's your real problem. He, he's getting t- he's getting 10 plus a game. He's getting 10 and a third a game. It's not even just the the carries. Like your quarterback's an interception machine. That's the thing. Here's, you're not doing anything. I mean, you can look at Trevor Lawrence's season, say this guy is a failure. He's a loser. He's never going to make it. I would posit, Scott, you have no idea because Urban Meyer has done nothing to help Trevor Lawrence at all. He doesn't run the ball. He doesn't, they run in a flea flicker for God's sake, Scott. That's why it also worked against Arizona. They actually looked decent because they ran the ball. The drive before the pick, 10 plays, 60 yards right down the field. Robinson had the rushing touchdown. Robinson had a, I I think he had 40 yards in that drive. He had the rushing touchdown. They looked exactly like they should be playing. And then the next drive, what do they do, Scott? Flea flicker, fadeaway, interception, touchdown. Flea flicker, fadeaway, seven step, or, or he's, he's what, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, throwing off his back foot. Now, granted, more people are able to throw off their back foot these days, but Trevor Lawrence in that situation, he ain't one of them. It's his third career game, and you have a terrible offensive line. Calm down. Yeah. Throw me, get, run the ball, throw me some slants. And take That's also why Zach Wilson's been struggling is because the Jets have tried to run the ball. They're just awful at it. Right. So he has to throw the ball 30, 40 something times a game. But at least the Jets have tried to establish the run. You want to take a shot down the field, do it second and one. You yeah. know, do it when they're not expecting it. Don't put don't put the kid back there in third and twelve and expect him to convert all the time because it's not going to happen. Um he's been horribly inaccurate, by the way. He's the he's the most inaccurate passer uh in the NFL. He's missing on twenty three percent of his passes. 
It's not good. Now, That's the defense, good. I am kind of wondering what the story is with that Henderson trade because they traded the first-round pick from last year for a tight end and a mid-round draft pick. Right. Which I thought was ridiculous, but Henderson apparently was in the coach's doghouse because he hasn't really done anything this year. But well, that's unusual on the on the Jaguars because everybody else has played so well. I was gonna say you look at the defense and they were okay against Arizona for about two and a half quarters. Yeah, and then Arizona woke up and realized we're playing Jacksonville. What are we doing? And they dominated after the game. But Jacksonville's defense not very good. And the Cincinnati, I thought Burrow would die because of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Chicago killed him. Mm-hmm. But against the other two teams in Minnesota and Pittsburgh, nope. they've actually been okay. Nope. And if Burrow can get the ball out of his hands quickly, I don't see the Jaguars generating much of a pass rush. You're half right. They actually gave up five sacks in each of the first two. They gave up five to the Vikings. Really? Sorry, I wasn't aware of the Minnesota one. But Sorry. the good news is... They had none against Pittsburgh. None against Pittsburgh, which broke Pittsburgh's streak of 75 straight games with a sack. NFL record. Now, of course, Watt did not play in that game. No, they were, they, at, they were missing their top three pass rushers. But you're looking at Jacksonville's defensive line. That's got to be a bottom four unit in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. They've got they got they've got five sacks on the season. They're 26 in the NFL, 1.7 sacks a game. Now, Cincinnati, of and course, they, is still missing Tiggins, and you have to wonder if the receiving core can handle it. Mm-hmm. Chase is fantastic, we know, and we know that Boyd is a very, very solid possession receiver. But, but Cincinnati. They set their quarterback up for success, Scott. They did, because they actually run the ball with Mixon. They run the ball with Joe Mixon. He's finally established himself as the number one back. There's no question about it. In fact, it's a little it's a little embarrassing at this point as far as Joe Mixon goes because he has basically all the carries. He's got 67 carries. Uh, P. Ryan has six. No, they should because last year, the last couple of years, they tried to throw Gio Bernard in for like ten yards a carry, or ten carries a game. Right. We had with Gio Bernard. We had, we had the uh, we had the law firm for a long time that he had to. Yeah, but I'm with. just saying, like Gio was there, and it was a matter of you know he's like a third down specialist, right? And you're trying to use him on first and second down. I understand. So, all right, let's make a play, bud. We're running out of time. What do you got? I I can't take Jacksonville. Okay. I can't. All right. Very good. So, what are you going to play? I teased it, so I teased down to one and a half, but if I had to actually take a thing on the spread and the total, mm-hmm. I can't take Jacksonville. Okay. Give me Cincy at home. All right, very good. Um, I've got a, I've got a premium on this, but I, I do want to talk about the total. I went, I kind of opened up thinking that they might put some points on the board, and then the more I saw, the more I watched tape on this Jacksonville offense, I just I just don't see it. Um, I see I see under or pass for me. Yeah, I've, I've got to play the under. It's at, four, it's at 46. I think I think Jacksonville probably gets fourteen to seventeen. I think that should leave yeah. plenty of meat on the underbone there. Plus with plus Cincinnati with Burrow, besides Chase, a lot of underneath passing plays. Mm-hmm. They try to build up long sustaining drives. Yep, that should eat up a lot of clock. Yep, agreed. And they they they've had varying degrees of success with it, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's their game plan. They would like to just pound the ball um to joe mixon giving the ball they so far they've given him the ball 22 times a game nice 14 play 70 something yard seven and a half minute drive yeah sap the will to live from him that's the way to do it bud so we do have an entertaining game in college god the acc won't let me be let me be me but it's the virginia cavaliers hey another national tv game for the virginia cavaliers what could go wrong scott it was well Well, i'm pretty sure the last time they had a tv game for the last two weeks what they gave up 150 points fished in is what i was buddy fished in i uh i took the cavaliers in that game and which one wake or north carolina wake okay wake i actually actually also had them against uh, north carolina as well i forgot i'd back them two weeks in a row and they and they put it to me so they're playing Miami. We've kind of made a joke about it, about what the most disappointing team in Florida is. Hard to decide whether it's the Jaguars or this team. It's a trick team. question, by the way. The answer is Florida State. The answer is Florida State. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. So, Scott, the uh, spread for this one. Miami is the favorite. They are now up to a six-point favorite in most spots. You can still catch some five and a half, even some five. Opened up at three and a half. A pretty significant move. You like it? It's a very significant move for a team that doesn't have an official starting quarterback for this game. Yeah, that's a problem, right? Well, because King, of course, missed the last game because he got injured, but you're playing Central Connecticut, so you can rest him if you want to. Right. The backups who came in, Garcia and Van Dyke, were both very good. But, I mean, comparing Virginia to Central Connecticut, ironically, though, the defenses are probably the same because Virginia's defense... Might be one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Well, they have... That's an exaggeration, but it's it's awful. It's so bad. They've, Virginia they, defense. They certainly so struggled. You know, they gave up... 
they, they started off fine. They gave up 14 to Illinois. That was right after Illinois had had their big win. You're like, yeah, okay, this is a, this is a fine team. And they played North Carolina tight for a half, and then uh, Sam Howell. They played them tight for a half because of the offense. The defense was bad from start to finish. And Sam Howell goes nuts, and the, and the offense ran out of gas during the second half. And then that abomination of a performance against Wake. Although, here's the deal, Scott. Virginia puts up 17 points. First two drives, they get uh, to the four. They get inside the four. They come away with three points. Yep. That's a killer right there. Kills your, kills your momentum, kills your team total. So, I... Cannot I, I feel about I, I can't back Virginia. Well, I see, I, I feel that way about Miami. I, I'm with the. Uh, You're really going back for the hat trick with Virginia. Yeah, I I, I, okay. I, I. Do you have confidence in this? What part of this Miami team do you like? Give me what your favorite. Of, Give me your I favorite like part. One, my favorite part. Yeah. they have better athletes than Virginia. What does that buy? It's, it's the best part. I don't really know what else you want me to say. The weather's okay. nice. Okay. All right. Very good. Better Cubano sandwiches. Yeah. All right. No, I'll take the guy that can light it up for four fifty. I find the line movement extremely fascinating. I'm going to back it. Okay. All right. You're chasing that steam, buddy. You're you're about a day late, but congratulations. I mean, I like the over if I had to pick anything for the full game. Okay. You like the, you like the over in that situation? I think I have to. Virginia just can't stop anybody, and they throw the ball 50 times a game. And so you're going to back the two freshman quarterbacks from Miami to put, what, 30 on the board? I'm not going to view it that way. I'm going to view it as fading Virginia's defense. Whatever, whatever lets you sleep at night. Whatever man. makes me feel better, yeah. Whatever gets you through the night. All right, very good. So I, I can't take an under with Virginia on principle. So you're you're on. No, I can't. I can't. I can't play the. Uh, I can't play the under. Small lean to the over. Yeah, so I feel small lean to the Cavs. I'll I'll take I'll take the free points on national TV. They're due. Well, now I got to load up on Miami because Virginia's hated you this season. Virginia has said uh, uh, we hate that guy so much, so yep. very much. All right, buddy. Uh, real quick, any one game from the baseball card to get you excited? I'm looking at Toronto. Okay. You got Robbie Ray on the mound against the Yankees. I know the Yankees tried to come back yesterday, but fell short. Yep. Ray, I know the, the Cy Young guys have been awful lately. <laughs> Let's just be real. He's minus 600, Toronto, Scott. Toronto, I think that Ray is going to pitch well in this one. Can he, lo- can he lose it? Is there any way he could lose it? Uh, two innings, seven runs, maybe. Okay. I, I don't even know. Okay. All right. Very good. And what's the uh, – I'm just checking the, uh, checking the numbers. Oh, actually, I like the over in the Mets-Marlins game. Okay. I know both offenses are awful, but the pitching stat, the pitchers are throwing out there are supposed to be terrible. Rich Hill and Cabrera, seven and a half. Yeah, that's a juiced over. So that's, that's solid. Okay. I didn't even know it was actually supposed to be Hill. It was supposed to be McGill. Yeah, I've got Hill. I've okay. got, I've got Hill way, as a, a late He'll go edition. five max. I, the pitching is not great. All right. Very good. Hey, we put our heads together today, Scott. We spent a lot of time on this, and we actually, we, we really did, because sometimes it's really obvious what we want to take. That's not the case today, but we have come up with what we think is our favorite play of the day. It's time to climb on your tractor, put on your straw hat, fire that John Deere up, and come along with us to bet the farm! All right, very good. We are going to turn our attention to the world of football. And uh, Scott, we are going back to that Virginia-Miami game, but we're going to play one of your favorites, and this is the first quarter bet. We're going to take Virginia-Miami first quarter over 13 and a half. We think both those offenses will be fresh. They'll come out firing. Uh, from my opinion, I think Virginia gets out to a 14-0 lead. Either way, uh, it gives us the win. Miami still has the superior athletes. I know you're a big fan of that. Uh, they should be able to generate big plays against this terrible defense, regardless of who's the starting quarterback. You can tell who wrote these notes. Uh, Jalen Knighton gets back from suspension. Solid third down back. Good guy out of the backfield. Take a little pressure off that Miami uh, running core. Virginia, here it is, Scott. They've allowed 1,172 yards in their last two games combined. That's not good. And Virginia, they do not run the ball at all. Expect a lot of big plays and a lot of incompletions stopping that ball and start stopping that clock from the air raid offense of the Virginia Cavaliers. This number, we like it. 13 and a half, give us the Virginia-Miami first quarter over. And at the end of that one, you guys should be very happy. Well, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it as always. Don't forget to subscribe, all that good stuff, and rate for myself and for Scott. You guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. We'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.